Good morning, church. My name's Scott. I'm the senior pastor of Bethany. What a joy to be with you on this Easter day. He is risen. You guys are quick learners. This is great. Our uh, message today is called simply, He is Risen. And we'll consider, as Raul just read for us, the passage from John, looking at the disciples, the barriers they faced to believing, and then the belonging that it created, the process of becoming a family of faith. And as we get started, I want to tell you just kind of a, a lighthearted story about a barrier. Uh, recently, it was a couple months ago, Heather and I were traveling back from Columbus, Ohio to Seattle, a five-hour flight, and I received the golden ticket, uh, the, the free pass from coach to first class. And every traveler will tell you, that's the holy grail of travel. When you get that call, Mr. Sun, come to the podium. You're like, what's first class? I'm like, yes. And good news, your wife can sit with you. I was like, bonus, but not necessary. <laughs> and, and I could just imagine, the, you know, like the china, the champagne. I was thinking of, you know, and you think about first class, it's like the, there's such joy on their faces. It's like, and you have to, in coach, you have to walk through first class on your walk of shame to coach where the rest of us live. And just as I'm like in process imagining the beauty of it all, then it's Mr. Sun, Mr. Sun, back to the podium, please. And I came back and he's like, remember when I said it was your lucky day? It's actually not your lucky day. More paying customers came. You're back to coach. But good news, your wife is going to stay in first class. Now, I may or may not have offered to switch with my wife, unbeknownst to her. But uh, back to coach, I went. And, and as I did my walk of shame, imagining what could have been, I was reminded again of that small cloth that hangs between first class and coach, and the beauty of first class, the reality of my coach experience for about five hours. And meanwhile, Heather's like, oh, hey, they're bringing us fresh cookies. They're, they're bringing us fresh drinks. Is there anything I can get you back in, by the toilet where you're sitting? I was like, no. No. <laughs> What in the world are we talking about here? Scott, you had one job today. It's talk about Jesus. Why are we talking about first class upgrades? Because it's Easter and we are talking about Jesus. We are talking about the free pass. We are talking about the ministry of Jesus to come and live and die and be resurrected to bring us to a life we could have never earned on our own. It is the ultimate upgrade. But until we deal with some of the barriers in, in our life, we'll really struggle with believing the good news and we'll struggle to enter into the belonging that God's people are ushered into together. So I want to look at here three things. Our barriers that we all have, different barriers to believing. I want to look at what it means for us to believe and believe anew and then the new belonging of God's people, the implications to being God's people together. Let's look first at the barriers. To the story of Easter that Raul just read for us, there are barriers. For the disciples, there's barriers of grief and misunderstanding. And John 20 paints the story of the empty tomb, and then Mary runs to tell the others. And though Peter and John don't understand, they have all these barriers, they run. Even in their pain, they're running. And when we're aware of our life's needs, we're more apt to run to new places. So the disciples were running. John gets to the tomb first, doesn't go in. They don't know what's happening. There's confusion, which is often the companion to grief. They're heartbroken. They don't know the ending. And they're missing Jesus. And Jesus was so much better than everything else in their world. Their life can't help but feel lost because of the missing person of Christ. In the world, it was empire and destruction and being subdued. But in Christ, it was love and welcome and invitation and, and learning about the Heavenly Father. 
And so they arrive at the tomb and they see the grave clothes everywhere. The grave clothes were the burial clothes in the first century, which marked a person being laid to death. But they're these grave clothes, which they have to wrestle with. Verse 5 of John 20, he, John, bent over and he looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. John carefully records five different instances of these grave clothes or the face cloths. It's so significant that the clothes are there, but Jesus is not. And still, John doesn't go in. John is tired. John is confused. John has just watched one of his best friends be brutally murdered on the cross on Friday Barriers exist. And isn't it true, like in so many of our lives, we're, we're, we're cognizant that barriers keep us grounded, that life is more often the back of an airplane than first class. The reason Heather and I were even in Columbus two months ago was to mourn a woman who we loved, who passed too early, a, a mother, a wife, a grandmother to people in our church. I mean, there's so much brokenness in the world. All of us see it in different ways, but it's why our hope in Christ is so essential now more than ever. And Jesus came, despite the barriers of our reality, to refresh us, to renew us, to, to bring us to life, to bring those who confess, Jesus, I want to follow you into the adventure of a lifetime. And this Christ who came to set us free no matter our barriers, he came to bring us to life through forgiveness because of his pain. He laid his life to rest to grant us new life. It's this beautiful story of divine sacrifice. Jesus rules by laying himself down. And Jesus came not just to die, but to come back to life. It's the centrality of the resurrection. Jesus came to defeat death and sin once and for all. The grip of evil and empire was trying to drown out God's message of love. And Jesus came and did successfully banish death to where it belonged. And what does the resurrection matter? To, to Christians, it matters of first importance. Paul would say to a church in Corinth, what I received, I pass on to you as first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. Christ's sacrifice destroyed the barriers that separate us from God. And when Jesus breathed his last in the gospel of Matthew, there was this mighty earthquake and the curtain that separated people from God's holiness was torn in two. It's like the curtain from coach to first class, but so much more significant. Christ's death tore it down. Said one Christian theologian, are you an optimist or a pessimist when you consider the future? Neither, because Christ has risen from the dead. And I get to be the good news agent this morning. I'm so humbled to be able to share this with you. That the Christian story isn't about effort. It isn't about rules. It's just about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, his abundant love and grace which covers us. Because he rose to life, he can bring us to life too, no matter the barrier. Barriers exist, but we're called to believe. Believe in Jesus. Continuing on with John's retelling of the resurrection, Peter came along behind John, went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, more grave clothes, as well as the cloth had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, John, who'd reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and he believed. There's something about those four words I just find profoundly hopeful for me in the midst of struggling to, to hold on to hope in this time. He saw and he believed. He saw and he believed. Can you, can, you, can you see it this morning? Can you see it? Can you imagine what it would have been like to be there? The rocks, 
the trees, the wind, the tomb that's empty, the hope, the pain, the mourning, the growing optimism. Imagine what they see. And seeing is essential to base a life of faith on. And the question for us is, what do we see? Where do we see markers of Jesus? Where do we see Jesus in the scriptures? How do we believe? When, when, when John retells he saw and believed, he uses this Greek word pistos, which is deeper than just information. It's like something worth really knowing, something trustworthy, reliable, and true. So to be a believer is to be someone to say, I believe in God's promises. And the earliest witnesses to Easter, they saw and they believed. There's very simple language. There's no adjectives or adverbs or modifying clause. They saw the empty tomb and they believed. It's the narrator John writing. He's like, I saw it, I believed. And he's ushering us into a similar place. When you see it, you're moved to belief. And it's like it all made sense in a moment to John. The brokenness of the world, I believe. The pain of my own existence, I believe. The reality of the cross, I believe. The waiting of three days, I believe. The empty tomb, the grave clothes, the signs, I believe. And in belief, his life made sense. In belief, our lives make sense. Because Jesus is resurrection. He is Lord. It's the single most important fact in recorded history. With just a word, Jesus upgraded us to a life from striving to a life of love. And the Bible's very clear to those who believe God grants us the the right to be brothers and sisters. Jesus borrows places of death to transform them. He doesn't stay there. He never stays in places of death. And the resurrection of Christ can redeem us and bring us to life too. So theologian Charles Spurgeon, the heart is as empty as the grave until Jesus enters and then it's a cup overflowing. Jesus came to fill our hearts, to bring us to life. To move us out from places of death. There's no life in dead places. God takes tombs and he makes testimonies. He's done it for me. He's done it for my friends here. He can, he can do it for you. He can move you out from places that feel like you're dying to places that you're being restored. He wants to bring us to life. And when we believe we can be filled with joy and love and peace in purpose, no matter the barriers, when we believe We become God's people together. It's a relational gospel. We can belong together. Jesus came to upgrade our life and to fill us with his power and love, but we're never left alone. We're moved into a new story of being a people. And relationships will be essential into the future of believing together. Because this Savior who superseded death, he brings this word of hope which binds people together. Look at John 20, verses 9 and 10. They still didn't understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. The disciples go back to where they before. But Jesus would come for them again. He would enter their stories again. He would keep pursuing them. He would give them the Holy Spirit. He would commission them into a new community. He would send them into an adventure of a lifetime. And this ragtag group of believers who struggled with barriers but moved to believe, they became the source of belonging that transformed the world. I mean, our calendar changed from before Christ to after death. Our society changed as the church was behind the advent of hospitals and universities. Christians would eventually be part of tearing down racism and slavery and advocating for the rights of women as co-equals. Like, all of it because they believed. 
And on this Easter day, nearly 2,000 years ago, they were still in process because change can feel slow for many of us. And for some, we get stuck in dead stories, in the grave clothes. They believed, but they didn't understand. And it's the way of Jesus to, to rise, but to let us wonder. Because in our wondering and our seeking to understand and our dealing with our doubts, we can submit our striving and our abilities to Jesus in exchange for his resurrection power. Do you want to believe like that? Do you want to belong like that? That's what we're seeking to be about here into this future, is a group of people dealing with our barriers to be believing in Jesus and belong together, being moved into hope and relationship together. That's what 2 Corinthians say, that this new community is formed around the truth of resurrection. Paul writes, Jesus included everyone in his death so that everyone can be included in his life. Everyone. This resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. What we see is that anyone united with Messiah gets a fresh start. It's created new. The old life is gone and new life emerges. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. So let me ask you, what's dead in your life that you want Jesus to bring to life? What does an upgrade in this season look like for you? Where do you need to be filled with God's love or God's spirit or God's hope or be kind of ushered into new relationships? Friends, we need hope more than ever. And Christ came to bring us to life. I can't let go of this image of the grave clothes, that there's this new life available, but for many, they're like the wrappings that people put around Jesus' body because Jesus' grave clothes, which John just names over and over again, there's this marker, the resurrection has come, that Jesus is, is, is coming out of the tomb. But for so many of us, we, we're stuck in old places and garments of death. The Bible's really clear that when we believe, we pass from death unto life. And Jesus, just a few chapters earlier in the Gospel of John, he had healed one of his best friends, Lazarus, at a place called Bethany. And as Lazarus came walking out of the tomb, he was dead. Jesus made him alive. And then the first thing Jesus said to the people around him, cut off the grave clothes, like set him free. I mean, you just imagine like Lazarus coming, walking out like night of the living dead or something. And, and Jesus is like, there's new life. But the people around you, they have to be part of setting you free. And friends, there's some in this room that like, this is your story right now. Either you need to be ushered into like new life coming out of dead places. Or God wants to use you to be a grave clothe cutter offer, setting people alive because people are trapped i mean drive around our city drive through our community show up at our schools people are stuck in fear and isolation and loneliness and we're we're being moved through these barriers to believe to a new community belonging together so we want to invite you to consider the promise of christ and all you have to do is say yes and i want to just really encourage you that we don't just want you to check a box. We want you to be part of a new community. We want you to belong together. And so at the end of the service, I'm going to encourage you, if this is something like you're dealing with profound loneliness or this this image of grave clothes, it's like, okay, that's significant for you as well. We're going to invite you to, 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 
send us your information because we want to follow up with you. We want to be in relationship with you. We want to be a group of people struggling through our barriers together, believing together that God can help us belong together. This is the power of the Easter resurrection story. May we respond together. Uh, let's pray. I want to get every head in here, please bow your head with me, fold your hands or open your hands, whatever. Let's get comfortable. We're going to pray together. And as we pray, I want to say, dear God, there are people in this room who want to believe again. There's people in this room who are profoundly aware of barriers in their life and in their story. God, there's people in this room or watching online who are struggling to belong anywhere, let alone to you. God, thank you for Easter. Would you do a new work in this church, in this season, in these people? God, would you help us believe? And why we continue to pray and why our heads are bowed. If the Spirit is stirring you this morning, if there's like, yeah, I want to be free. I want to come out of the tomb that I've been in. It's a tomb of addiction. It's a tomb of isolation. It's a tomb of a COVID epidemic that I just can't shake. I'm, a, I'm lonely, God. I need you, God. I want to I be part of you, God. Like if that's you this morning and you want to step into that, I would be humbled to just know what God's doing in your heart right now. So while the rest of us are heads bowed, if that's you this morning, you want to believe for the first time or in new ways, if you want to belong to a people together, if you want to be in this journey and Would you just raise your hand so that we can understand where the Spirit is moving right now? Would you raise your hand if you say, God, I want to be part of that Easter story. Would you resurrect me? Would you bring new life into the tomb that I've been stuck in? Would you raise your hand so that we would know what God's doing in your heart? Jesus, we thank you. We love you. We trust you. God, would you help us be a people, not just a group of persons, a people, grave clothed cutter offers, alive by your spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. I'm going to do something I have not done before at church. And if you've been here for a while, you're like, that's new. Sometimes he tries to light the church on fire like at Christmas. And sometimes... We do different things here, but we haven't done this. So I want you to pull out your phone right now. Everyone, and if you don't have a cell phone right now, you're ribbing your parents like, I told you I needed a phone. I'm sorry for this conversation you could have this afternoon. Thank you, Woody. Everybody that currently owns a phone, I want you to pull it out right now. And I want you to do one of two things because everyone has a next step here. Everyone's involved. For some of you, like, I want to believe and if that's you, I want you to just type 1546 and type your name. My name is Scott. I want to believe. And I will capture these. These will be private, but we want to pair you with our prayer team, our deacons, older, wiser saints who will meet with you and pray with you and just be in relationship with you. If you're just lonely and you want to do that, I want you to text 1546. And some of you are like, I'm good. Me and Jesus are good. Like, I want you to be a messenger of hope into your contact list right now. I want you to literally text someone right now, Jesus is risen, or you are loved, or I'm sorry you're struggling, or I forgive you, or I love you, or maybe we could try again. 
Because this message of being grave clothed, cut or offers is something that all of us are called into. God is calling people out from the grave and it's us, the community, not the preachers. It's, it's you, the community that Jesus wants to use as a blessing. So everyone with your phone, just take a moment and send hope somewhere. Cut off something that's holding someone in your life down or maybe you've been like holding on to something kind of hard. Send that out. Or if you want to get connected with someone on our team in these weeks ahead, one, five, four, six, and we promise we will walk with you. We want to be in a relationship. Barriers are real. We, we believe that Jesus rose from the grave and we desperately long to belong together. Let's close in song.